What's up, gamers? This is the Battle Mallet Podcast, Episode 3, Precious Moments. I'm Jared. I'm Jason. I'm Danny. I'm Trace. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the local tournament that we, uh, that our, our friend and loved one, Trace, just hosted. Uh, we've got an interview with Alan Blakeborough from the Barnyard Brawl. Uh, and then uh, we'll close it out. So uh, a short number of sections, but there's a lot of content there. Uh, and we're excited to share our experiences of the tournament with you and, and let you guys have the chance to hear more about the Barnyard Brawl that's coming up at the end of April. Uh, this is just your friendly reminder that if you're just starting with us and you want to learn more about who we are, I'd encourage you to go back to episode zero. Uh, there's not any real like current events content or anything like that, but uh, it's uh, an hour or so of us introducing ourselves and our gaming histories. So it's a good chance to get to know who we are and, uh, you know, kind of the way we game, uh, what we're excited about. Yeah, you can stop sending me all those DMs. Just listen to episode zero. Right? Um, yeah. So as a friendly reminder, this is a podcast that takes a deep dive into the minds of four busy gamers. Uh our annual trip to Nova, the games that we love, and balancing life with those games. So uh, with that in mind, what has everybody been up to lately? Uh, I've been putting sand on 25-millimeter bases, and it's been riveting. Let That's for your space brains, right? <laughs> nah, Danny's my... favorite thing to do is base models. Oh, shoot me in the face with a mass-reactive bolt round because I hate it <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Can't find and that in Middle Earth, can you, Danny? Nope. There are no mass reactive bolt rounds in Middle Earth. Give me, give me Elvish steel across the face, then, because I, uh, I, I'm over it, and I'm not even like halfway done. I ordered a box of more Gondor stuff that's going to arrive any day in the post, and it's going to be Santa Clock for the Dan Man. Oh, so exciting! Now, so do you sand before you don't prime, or do you don't prime first? Oh, I'm going to have to leave that as a major, major cliffhanger for episode four. Okay, Ooh. Jared, don't ask okay. me such detailed information about my process. Because I might I might prime this time. I might throw you off your game, and you're all going to be like, who is this man? Jared, you know those are trade secrets. He's not going to tell you. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's don't, don't you have to prime Finecast? Uh, most of it's plastic, dog. Really? Wow. Yeah, only uh, only like the character models are are fine cast, and most actually like it. A lot of them have just to be honest, they're so old. They've been sitting around in clan packs for years that all of that uh, release agent has, has completely dried off. Like you could, I could, I, I could absolutely just put paint on one of these fine cast models right now, and it wouldn't be a thing. Or just soaked into the oh. resin, you know. Oh. Either way, you make me so or uncomfortable. Danny. Into the ozone, killing sea turtles in the ocean or something. Uh, I, I love sea turtles. They're so anything favorite. other than just basing models, Danny? Have you been building anything? Uh, n- I mean, yes, but like the, the Gondor soldiers are two pieces. It's a oh. body and an arm, so nice. building's not really a, a thing. Um, but that is about all I've done. I did pick up and split the, uh, the Shadow Spear box with, with, with Trace. I think you know that because uh, yeah, we did. split it. Um, but I haven't, I haven't uh, taken anything apart on that yet. I'm saving that. That's going to be a post Nova project for me. Well, I Ooh. have built the entire side of that from that box. <laughs> on both boxes or just the one? Just the one. 
I'm waiting to get the other box from Jason first. But you're you're at least as much machine as that venom crawler is, Trace. You know that that juicy goodness at the center of the of the venom crawler. It's it's what I'm made of. That's why I'm going to the gym three times a week. Um, but yeah, I've been putting together that stuff and just doing some different paint scheme tests and um, stuff like that. So I'll put a picture up in the Facebook page of uh, just a test base that I made. I'm going to try and do some cool like forge, like under forge glow bases for the Black Legion that I'm putting together because um, they're just a really dark paint scheme. And I think just having some nice contrasting elements on the bases will be nice. I sent a picture to you guys, but I'll post it in the Facebook page as well. Um, what did you guys think about that, by the way? It it's good. getting there. That's good. Oh, no. <laughs> there it is. No. The the infamous it's getting there. Alright, so we have to we have to sidebar here. Just because we can't we can't throw out an inside joke and not explain it. And so I will own this. This is this is my bad. It is Danny's fault. This years ago, Jason sent a picture to everybody of uh, I believe it was a Dark Angels like flyer, right, Jason? Yeah. Finished. Finished model. Finished flyer. Completely finished. I did not know this. And so Jason <laughs> sends it. And my first response is, looks good. It's getting there. And Jason was like, it's done. It's finished. <laughs> and Jason has been working on this for hours. <laughs> and was the- so excited to show it off. And I was like, yeah, it's getting there. It was the Dark good. Talon, wasn't it? One of the Dark Talon? It was the Nephilim fighter. Yeah, yeah. So you're like taking all that time to paint all the wings and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, every time, every time anybody talks about painting ever, <laughs> Jason's first reaction, it's getting there. It's getting it's there. Good. It's all because I didn't edge highlight the wings. So like all my all my detail work was in the cockpit. Like all the all the little knobs and doodads were all detailed out. And you know, I get it's getting there. Oh, well, guess what? <laughs> now everyone's every, even it's completed. It's a good start. It's getting there. You could win a golden demon (laughs) or the Slayer Sword, and Jason would say, "Yeah, it's getting there. It's getting there." (laughs) Hey, it's a good motto. It's a good motto. I like it. I like it. So anything else? Always keeping us humble. That's what. That's what's happening. (laughs) No, but yeah, Chase. The the base looks good. I like the the. I think the arms will contrast off the black armor. Um, and you know, if you get that underglow effect right, I think it'll help draw the eye you know, back up to the model while giving, um, you know, some, some effect and, uh, some interest to the base, um, you know, more than maybe just sand would. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you've done black Legion before and done orange plasma and it's turned out really, really well. So I think the, the underglow will look very cool. Thanks. I'm definitely, I'm into it. I, I dig it for sure. It's badass. It's metal as hell. Yeah, it's super chaosy. Metal, well, just like I told you guys, like it's... if you're gonna have the most metal miniatures in in the game, you might as well make them like full Slayer poster ready miniatures, yep. right? Down, so. totally down. <laughs> yep. If you can figure out how to make lightning bolts in the background behind I know. them, gosh, the idea. But yeah. Um. Well, I'll jump in. So for me, I'm excited because I have gotten uh, my Q1 Age of Sigmar hobby painting 
completed other than the bases because basing is also my favorite part. Just uh, Danny, he'll do them for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll just get with Danny. pleasure. I, I know that's Con- your favorite gusto, thing. Jared. Um, so uh, and uh, so the pictures are up. Um, I got to do the bases, but their counting is done. I've went back and painted black over the bases because I'm not sure what I'm doing there. But the big thing for me with my Age of Sigmar is that I am committed. I'm not making any new purchases until what I own is painted. So I have purchased um, the Knight Zephyros, who's the Neve Black Talon alternate because I'm not running Hammers of Sigmar. Uh, and then I bought a bit a box of Liberators because, you know, who doesn't like super soldiers carrying giant shields? Um, so the ones that put two swords on him, Jared, that's who, oh, that's true. Or two hammers. <laughs> yeah, a mistake. Uh, I'll just lobbing them up there for you. So, um, so those are done. And, um, so I'm working on building those and, uh, excited about that. Really enjoyed watching your progress through that on the Facebook page. Also congrats, man. Yeah. Hitting a goal always feels good. Doesn't matter what it is. If it's mm-hmm. hobby or personal, that's cool. Yep. Yeah, and the, your discipline, like you're not going to buy anything else until that is painted. Uh, I'm so envious. I wish I had that discipline. Well, the problem for you, Jason, is that you'd never buy anything because you just don't paint. <laughs> yeah, that's your. That's really what you got to do. Just hold your feet to the fire. I mean, I, I your think words he did hurt. say he did say that he wouldn't. He did say isn't painted, not didn't paint it himself so yeah, he, he could still do it his way <laughs> hey i'm I, the temptation is real with what everything i got going on because i definitely have i've sold off and i've built back up not slowly and uh, with, with, with like a true addict yeah, yeah. Uh, with shadow spear coming out it really i mean the, the stuff i sold and then traded some stuff with trace uh, to get the Primaris, you know, the, the, the coffers are again full and I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm, I'm holding strong, you know, the end of this, this, uh, coming week, it, my daughter's birthday. So all the family's coming in, but as soon as they're, they're out the door, it's time to set up the spray booth and, and at least give it the good old college try to knock out some of these new crimson fists. Uh, cause getting those painted would be, uh, difficult because the the commission artist that i normally use is now moved on to different things at this current state so we have to we have to try to to uh hit our hobby goals and i need to take that force uh to nova to play with danny so the the feet will be to the fire soon um but yeah i i wish i had the discipline as some of you guys do i just you know i'd like to throw money at it and it's easy because i like to play because the rest of my hobby progress is is building decks, playing, and oh yeah, balancing this thing they call hobby in life. So, how's uh, that going? Well, you know, I had to uh, I had to reevaluate. So as we'll talk about later today, I went to the tournament I had Nova that that uh, Trace hosted uh, and had a a very good time. But you know, having two young children, uh, a new job that uh, puts a lot of uh, long hours uh i may have overstepped my 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 game playing uh last week so we did our normal tuesday tuesday night uh for me it was exciting because there was gonna be a lot of new players there and it was it was a chance for me to teach the game and and hopefully uh, get my hooks into some other fresh players to to loop into the group 
So Tuesday I did not skip and I went and I stayed there the whole time and stayed there even later talking to Jared afterwards. Uh, and then Thursday work kept me kept me late, uh, very late. So my, my wife was left holding the chort, torch uh, with the t- children two nights last week. Uh, and then we got to Saturday uh, and the tournament ran long. And, you know, as we, we will talk about, I, I made it far in the tournament. Um, but really, honestly, looking back, I should have made the, the call of the commitments that I made to my family and I should have left the tournament at six o'clock. Uh, I did not. And then I, on top of that, had my phone on silent. So I missed a phone call. Uh, so try, yeah, try and fail. Uh, so I was a little bit in the doghouse and, you know, for my journey, my wife has been very, very supportive. Uh, recently we've worked through balancing my hobby and, and, and my work life and then our family life, uh, very well over the last year. And this was the first time, uh, that she has really not said anything uh, in a week where there was multiple lawn events, uh, and she put the ball fully in my court on Saturday. And when I didn't get home till eight o'clock, uh, yeah, I knew, I knew what I had stepped in and it was hot and steamy and smelly. So I think there's a number you can call. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but just really reevaluate it and, you know, make sure that, that my priorities are aligned with my families and communicate with my wife. And really that's what it comes down to, to everyone, to our listeners and, and to the group is I did not communicate properly on Saturday and set expectations, uh, for my wife, myself, my family, uh, my game. And that was my failure and it's okay. It happens. So, so we'll reset and, uh, won't happen again for me, but I still am going to get my, my plastic crack addiction on and my dice throwing addiction on. Um, but that's what, what we're about here. And, you know, it was a great, I'm glad I could fail to share my experience with everyone (laughs) out there in the world. Jason had to die so that we may live. (laughs) Oh, now I sound like a martyr. (laughs) No. Hey, wait, I have martyred. I score one glory. (laughs) Oh, well, <laughs> frankly, I think we should just cut it there. <laughs> that's the line of the night. End of podcast. Well, that's a short podcast. No. So seriously, though, thanks for sharing, Jason. Um, it's not always easy to put, you know, our failings out there, um, you know. Um, and, you know, we're all on this journey together. Um, so putting those lessons out is good. Um so with that uh, awesome moment of vulnerability, um, we'll uh, we'll take a break and we'll uh, we'll jump in and and talk about the the tournament that caused all this grief for Jason. So <laughs> we'll take a break and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Battle Mallet Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our sweet jazz tunes because now it is time to get serious and talk about the March to the Night Volt Underworlds Tournament hosted by none other than our lovable T.O., Trace. Uh, Trace, 
I'm I'm kind of curious because to me this kind of came out of nowhere. Why what uh sparked you to host a Underworlds tournament at a game shop, not even like at your house, just going to a a shop that I don't even see you at very often and running a tournament. Well, we're tr- we're really just trying to get exposure for the game, um, and it was funny because it actually overlapped with some of the target audience that we probably have a little bit. So some of the Malifo players were there. Um, and one of the guys that we game with pretty regularly used to play Malifo and now he's playing with us. Um, <clears throat> so it's just, uh, I just thought it was a really cool venue. And plus we've been wanting to do like a three round best of three event for a while. And, um, one of the guys that's got connections with, um, with Atomic Empire actually had already started kind of reaching out for that and that kind of fell through that he was going to run it. And so I stepped up and said, Hey, you know, since I asked to do this event anyway, I'll step up and run it. Um, so that's kind of where it all got started. Um, but really the main reason why we want to do it is just to get more eyes on the game because we really think that the game is just awesome and it plays really fast and, um, it's great for, people who are tactically minded and like cards and like dice and like models and like board games. Like, I just feel like it covers a lot of, um, a lot of genres and just makes them, it makes it a really diverse game. So just the more eyes we can get on it, the better. Cool. So was there anything though about tournament organizing itself that turned you on or was it just more the game and it was just an opportunity to interact with interface with the game? I've always wanted to run events. Um, it's just something that I feel like is just part of um, a, a gamer's duty eventually. If you know the game well enough and you've you know preached it from the high mountain, um, it eventually falls to you to to run an event. Um, so there was that level of like kind of obligation and want. So like I wanted to do it just because I'd not really hosted a lot in my time as a gamer. Um, and so I just kind of wanted to test my chops at it. But um, really, you know, I I just think that this this game has a lot of opportunity for people to step up and run a tournament pretty easy. And I was just kind of testing the waters myself for it to see how it how it went more than anything. So curiosity mixed with love of the game equals Trace being a TO. <laughs> <laughs> Best TONA. But uh, yeah, that makes sense. I think. Um... I think everybody kind of does that on a, on a small level on their own too, right? You hear a lot of people host hobby nights at their house or board game nights. And mm-hmm. obviously that is not nearly as involved or high stakes, but I think that's your kind of genesis point. Everybody kind of comes from that. And so when you kind of closed your eyes and imagined this event, uh, what was like your main, what, to you, like if one thing happened and that made it a success. What was that thing? Like, it didn't matter what else, like everything else, the building could have burned down, but if this one thing happened, you were happy. I just wanted everybody to have fun. Um, I didn't, you know, numbers are always a great measurable to go by. Um, I had a target goal in mind for myself and for this event, but um, in the end, I just told myself like, hey, whoever shows up, as long as they have a good time and as long as we can have some great games and just all get better at the game as a group, um that's really all my goal was so um and i feel like we achieved that um 
because I didn't, you know, there weren't really any hurt feelings. Everybody kind of got to walk away with some, some cool stuff that they may not have had before. Some people got some re- repeats because that's just kind of the nature of the GW um, price support for the game. Um, so if you play in multiple shops, you can end up with duplicates of the same card. But to me, that's nothing but a good thing because that gives you opportunities to give those cards away again to somebody who is just starting the game that may not have those cards. Um, they're kind of like a cool, um, you know, Jesus pamphlet, if you will. Um, you know, you hand it out at the door to door. Um, so I just feel like that that's just a fun way to, to get people into the game and get new cards in their hands and get them thinking about new stuff. Um, but, you know, I just wanted everybody to have a good time. And I feel like that that was a successful event for us just because we had some people come up from South Carolina that a buddy of mine that I grew up and played with games with when I was super young. Um, he brought some friends up and they played and gave some people some some good games. And I felt like that that was a, uh, just a successful event. Well, Jared and Jason, you guys were there. Was it fun? Uh, I had a lot of fun except for one round. uh let's hold on let's keep that let's keep that on a back pocket because i would love to hear about your bad round and then if we can circle it back and blame it on trace and make his event terrible then we'll do that perfect yeah uh, tell me about it jared tell me what was what did you enjoy about it you've well let's start here you've done other underworld events before as a competitor correct correct so how did this stack up did you enjoy it yeah no i mean it was good um I think the nice thing about this one was that uh, we were able to get some people that I don't normally play against to come. And so that's always fun to meet new players, to meet new people. Uh, I think that there's a, for me at least, there is a, a tension that occurs when I end up playing the same people over and over and over again. Trace and I had this uh, back in the days of Warhammer Fantasy. Uh, and it's not aggression, it's just a thing that happens for me. Um, it's just so an intensity it, that builds, right? And so rivalry, rivalries yeah. don't necessarily yeah. have to be a bad thing. Yeah, right. yeah. it's just a no, friendly yeah. rivalry. Rival, rivalry is a good word, um, but it's a lot easier for me to to be relaxed and cordial and you know goofy clinical. with um. Well, so like clinical in my mind, but personality wise, like I'm a lot. It allows me to be you know, just generally more friendly if I'm playing against somebody that I don't know, because there's not a history there. Um, so two out of the three rounds that I played were against, um, a couple of the guys that came up from South Carolina. And that was one of my favorite parts of Nova is, is playing against, you know, people from all over. Uh, one of the things that I'm looking forward to about <laughs> going to Nova again, and not just in Underworlds, but in, uh, Age of Sigmar and the, 40k narrative as well so uh, yeah i mean it was fun and and a lot of that fun was due to meeting new people and learning you know how they play and why they play and what their life is like outside of the games that's awesome i know jason really loves new people so i'm I'm dying to hear (laughs) how much you enjoyed this event jason I mean, I enjoyed the event. It was a lot of fun. You know me. I'm such a people person. Uh, no, <laughs> well, it was for you that you enjoyed. I, you know, the three rounds, it's been, it's really been since Nova uh, that we've had an opportunity to play uh, three matches in a round. 
So I really, really enjoyed that. Plus, Atomic Empire is just a great shop for anyone that has not been there. It, they host very large tournaments uh, on a regular basis with a full, you know, full service mini bar, you know. Um, well, beer bar. Beer bar. Beer, beer bar. bar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, it, you know, lots of tables, lots of merchandise. Easy to get in, easy to get out. So it's just a great venue Super to friendly to staff. Yeah, mm-hmm. just a great venue to go to. Um, and then, like Jared said, despite my uh, anxiety of new people, and I'm joking, I deal with people all day, every day at my job. Uh, you getting to play different people uh, was really refreshing. And in in a tournament setting, like what what else is better? And plus, the war bands that I play. Let's face it, they're not super top tier, so I need three games just to figure out if I can win or not. Um, so it was very exciting to have three three rounds in each each uh, each round or three matches in each round. Yeah, well, that's awesome that this event kind of gave that opportunity. And obviously, pulling people from out of state, we're all based in North Carolina. Atomic Empire is in Durham, North Carolina, and so getting people from neighboring states to come up, I think, kind of pays credence to that um something that kind of jumped out to my mind and i want to you know full disclosure atomic empire is my neighborhood shop i live very close to it that's my go-to place so i love that place but um i was kind of curious trace from the tournament organizer uh perspective uh to kind of create an event like this it takes infrastructure and so the shop obviously has a history of putting on events uh, and so you had support from the shop, you had support from Games Workshop, and then obviously you had your own background. Uh, I was kind of curious like how those three worked, if you could give me kind of an idea of like what ended up being the prize packages for this, and how was it working with Atomic as kind of um, almost like a co-equal, right? You're no longer uh, shopping with them at that moment, you're working alongside them. And, uh, and then what you thought of the GW package, and if you had any kind of feelings distributing it and, and deciding all of that merit. Um, so I really enjoyed hosting the event there. I I think they, they have a great, um, system that they have where they really support independent tournament organizers because they have plenty of staff, but they don't have the knowledge base that all the people, the players do most of the time. The only thing that I think that they really do have, like, super deep knowledge of is like magic which yeah. i feel like oh, every yeah. shop owner king, right? has to have and uh, comics yeah comics. you know magic and and comics are the two things that you really keep a hobby store alive most of the time so um but they really leave it in the hands of the people who really love the games to run the games and um I have to give a shout out to mal who was the who was the uh, event coordinator for us um for this event because she just you know i walked in introduced myself and um and she was just like hey what do you need and from that point on like there was no questions i just said hey do you have um do you have the quarter two kit for us and she's like yeah i've already got it pulled out and i was like by chance do you have the quarter one kit too because i don't know that it was cracked into either and i know that there's a lot of new players here so i'd like to just give out all this swag if you can you get swag you get yeah, swag essentially yeah look up your chairs more swag so we actually got to completely distribute the prize packages from um from two from two um quarterly kits because they hadn't i opened either 
Well, give um, us an idea, in case somebody doesn't know, what's in one of the GW quarterly kits. I'm glad you asked, Danny, because I was getting ready to get to that. Oh, um, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, so in, in those kits, there's usually um, there's usually a set of upgrades and a set of like ploys, and then a set of um, or they're gambits now. But usually there's an alternate art um, upgrade and a, a unique upgrade, and then there's two of like the weapon sets so like last season they were the shade glass weapons usually or they were something else but this this season they are the the nullstone weapons so there was two of each in each box so by the time that the tournament rolled around and everybody got their stuff everybody got four alternate art um nullstone weapons so it was like nullstone hammer nullstone spear Nullstone darts and Nullstone axe, something like that. And these are cards that like you can put into your deck. So Correct. Yeah. They're like little badges of honor. Like I've yep. I've been in a tournament in quarter one, so mm. now like when I flip my Nullstone hammer over, somebody will see and be like, "Oh, you know, that's I'm cool. the real deal, right?" Yeah. Um, yeah, they got like a different or, border, different art. And... Yeah, they're they're slightly different. They're actually, I mean, the art's always really well done on all the cards, but um, whoever so you and get... I talked about it, my favorite thing from that kit was the new little twist they've added, which is with some of the alternate art, they're using their golden demon uh, demon. Well, those are actually... So those... I, I, when I went through and reread some of the stuff, Danny, those are actually for the best painted. Uh, so like that's, if you awesome. actually, that's even better. I love that yeah. even more now. Yeah, so um, so there's, there's a single golden demon card in each, and it could be like an upgrade or a, a ploy or whatever. And it has the golden demon in some form or fashion on the card. So, like, if you if you come and you bring your A game painting wise, but you tank the rest of the tournament, you still could walk away with some cool like. And you know, those are yeah. unique. Those are probably the most unique in the kit. Yeah, and they're brilliant. It's that that painting that they have like on all their painting kits of the, yep. the actual golden demon, but he's doing shade spire underworld night vaulty things, and it's pretty yeah. excellent. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, so just alternate art cards, and then. You also get alternate art warband cards too. So in these two sets, there were Zarbeg's gets Eyes of the Nine. Um, that was this quarter two kit, and then the quarter one kit had um, Storm Sire's Curse Breakers and Briar Queen, Thorns of the Briar Queen. Right. So the launch teams. Mm-hmm. And then there's also independent activation tokens for those cards for those warbands as well. So you get faction specific activation tokens for all those things so it's just it's just like by the time you leave if you know when we, since we had such a smaller event it ended up being like eight people everybody got to walk away with like practically everything <laughs> so um it was just really cool to see um the top four people actually get um acrylic versions of charge and move tokens so since we have two since we had two kits the quarter one kit was an acrylic move token set, and the quarter two kit was the acrylic charge token set. So you actually have t independent tokens now for the charge and moves, whereas in the box game, they're just opposite sides of the same token. Um, so those are kind of cool badges of honor, as Jared likes to say. Um, and he was really excited to get a set of those charge tokens, by the way. He was <laughs> really giddy about why, it. Why were you so excited to get acrylic charge tokens? I, I thought they came out in season one, Jared. I mean, I, I have some. Yeah, but where did you get those, Jason? Oh, oh, that's right. Mm. 
Yeah, top eight Nova. You're welcome. <laughs> so um, they're different. Those and by the way, those are different. The ones that Jason has are different than the one that Jared has. Yeah. Um, Why do tell us about the big, big prize in those boxes, though? The biggest prize in all of all of it is the shade glass trophy, and it's it, it's a um, it's actually a really, really nice little trophy that you get. Um, it's made of glass, and it's got um, Champion of the Underworlds 2019 on it etched in etched in the glass with the um, underworld symbol on it um and it's just a nice little piece of mantle mantle swag if you feel like you want to put it up on your mantle with your wife at home um if she'll let you but <laughs> um it, you are know, you saying i have a trophy wife wow that's flattering yeah um well that's 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 the big thing and uh who who won the tournament well, so our friend Jimmy ended up winning it. It came down. <laughs> yeah, I set you up on that. Sorry. It's fine. It came down to um. It came down to Jimmy and Jason at the top table. I'm Jason sure gets how one. Jason team. feels right now. Um, but it was it was a great game. They actually went to three the third round, and it came down to like the last card flipped essentially. Um, and I'll let Jason kind of explain some about his games later, but um, it was, it was a really entertaining thing to watch. Um, it was Magor's fiends versus um, Godsworn hunt at the top table. And right. Jimmy was playing Magor's fiends and Jason was playing Godsword hunt. The, the quote unquote underpowered faction. Um, it does definitely take a little bit more thinking power, I think, to play Godsworn. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, if there's anybody in our group that I think could do it, it would be Jason. So, um, Just keep trying, buddy. Just keep trying. Keep, keep your chin up, little guy. Someday. Someday <laughs> it'll happen. Well, uh, that's, that's excellent. I've always been kind of curious about kind of like removing Oz's curtain, uh, you know, pulling it back and seeing the inside of these events because you know you usually just arrive and you've got the one guy running it and he's got his box of stuff and he's running around like a madman checking lists and doing this and doing that um before i kind of pivot in into kind of talking more to the uh jason and jared who competed in the event uh i kind of wanted to get your thoughts on you know like your your biggest lesson you learned on that day trace like was it you know how did it give you a greater appreciation for how events are run? Did it make you uh, want to do it again, or did you just say, "Okay, that was a fun experience, and I'll put that in a cupboard and keep it there forever"? I um I definitely want to run more. Um, Jason and I have well, all all of us really have a big focus on trying to help grow the community over the next you know year or so. Um, and so we're just trying to get the word out and get more people playing the game just because it's just, we think it's just awesome. Um, and we actually had a little bit of a success with that over the past week or so with some of my friends from my hometown that, you know, we'd been talking about the game for a long time. And, um, the main thing that we were met with was like, Oh, it's just a, it's just a cash grab. Like they're doing exactly like what X wing does. And I was like, no, you don't need multiple boxes of anything. Like you just buy the war band and it has everything you need. And, you know, um, and they, some of them really have started getting into it and really are starting to 
realize what a good game it is. So like if they actually, it was it was sad because if they didn't have a event that overlapped with the same day that we were running our event, we we may have had another four or five people come down for the well, tournament next so, time. Yeah. Next time. Um. So we're gonna try and make sure that we align it to where that doesn't happen. Um. Again. Yeah. But, yeah, go ahead, Jason. To to piggyback off that a little bit here. So, you know, really growing the community here in the greater Raleigh area. Like, you know, we've talked about making this a road show when it comes to Warhammer Underworlds and getting out to all the local shops. So, you know, Trace just expressed some some really good growth out in the western part of North Carolina. One of the one of the players that showed up at the tournament at Atomic, like it was his second time playing. Like we mm-hmm. had met him on Tuesday. And he had such a fun time that he came out to the event. And then I seen seen him again at our local shop of Game Theory in Raleigh playing on Tuesday. And really, like we, you know, because we balance work, life, and the family, we we only play every other week on uh, games. So at Game Theory this week, I saw posts of a number of new faces there. So it's very exciting to see that the game um, growing and grabbing hold of uh, some people that played other types of games maybe not even gw games but there was a uh, three new faces at at the local shop this past tuesday so very very good to see right yep. on so you didn't scare them away with your your tournament no no i'm <laughs> i'm not a jerk completely just a little bit well let me focus on you then mr not a jerk your tournament day how did it go tell me uh your overall record and your thoughts on the day like what was the what how to go for the the dogs and the broads and no clothes <laughs> uh well they're just hanging out there fast and loose so <laughs> yeah it went it went fairly well it, it went uh better than i had imagined so i have struggled with with the warband a little bit uh this is now the 13th version of a deck that i've come up with and i've i've fallen in love with them uh, but but it's because they're difficult so my first round was against uh one of the south Car- carolina players and chris and he's playing mangors and and uh or magors and i knew right away i'm like okay this this is gonna be tough for me uh that's not a good matchup for my warband, it's not a good matchup for the, the style of deck that I play. Um, but I think I got in his head a little bit right on turn one. Like I took Jagathra, uh, uh, Jagathra and threw his spear, crossed the map, clear across, and uh, and killed Magor in one first activation of the game. And I think it totally shocked him. He was like, holy cow, Like one of the linchpins of my army is gone. Um, so I won the first round. I uh, lost the second round, and that's kind of where where I started to get into my head. Uh, I knew it was going down, and I thought we were running out of time, so I started to kind of like move the game along a little more uh, or faster, and I need to slow down. Uh, you know, he was a newer player reading a lot of his cards, uh, and I was kind of like, hey, this is what it does. Come on, come on, come on. And there was, there was one interaction where he was playing one card, and I looked at the art, and it was – the completely opposite card of what I thought it was. So it, there was definitely some learnings there of, hey, slow down. Uh, yeah, it's a tournament and you want to go, go, go and make sure you get all your games in. But it's still about growing the community. Uh, you know, that's what we're based on here. Uh, not well, just Underworlds, but growing everything. So where did you where do you think that um, that that emotional turn 
or mental turn came from? Like, why did, why do you think you felt that need to kind of push it? Well, cause I knew game, I knew round two was gone. So, you know, so you were just wiping it basically. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, you have this, so, you know, I, I missed a couple rolls, uh, a couple dice rolls and, and failed a couple attacks. And I knew what was left in my objective deck and I, and he had just, he had, you know, I ended up by losing game two by nine glory. So I knew, Hey, I need to get through this game end it because I need enough time. Cause we're going to have to go to three rounds. Um, and then, you know, we made the joke of when Jared and I played in Nova and what happened in Nova at an hour and a half, like our third round ended at the end of turn two. And although, yeah, it worked out in my favor and it was a very, very tight game. Uh, you just don't want that type of experience for anyone. You want the game to come to its natural conclusion, at least for me, because I, yeah. I want to win by winning and I want to lose by losing. I don't want some halfway in between, um, event so that's why i started pressing and then you know he pointed out hey we have we have like an hour left and then i calmed down um but it just you know it was a learning moment for me of relax and it's it's just a game yeah well it's always tough i mean i i have made you know no bones about the fact that underworld is not my preferred game but i can think of in a, a similar occasion in an event where you and i jason played together at a, a warhammer forty thousand event where the opponent got kind of salty and they just ditched the game and we had driven like two hours to go out there and we basically unpacked our models and then packed them back up after about 15 minutes of playing. And um, so I think, you know, even if you're kind of bummed that you, you pushed the the boundary on that particular game, I think it's important that you, you kind of triumphed though at the same time, right? Because you allowed the game to go on and you played with some sportsmanship, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, because he was newer, like there was definitely a lot of take backsies, like as he was learning the cards, which which I I'm all for. Like, listen, if you got the card in your hand and and you're going through, like, let, yeah, rewind. I'm fine because once again, you know, I'm not playing a top tier warband. I want I want the hardest challenge. This game would not be fun to me if I won every single time. The fact that I lose a lot makes me want to play the game a whole lot more. So yeah, like it was a fun game. I just had that one moment in time and. And we moved on, and I ended up by taking round three by ten glory points. Uh, really chained a lot of stuff together. So, like, in for him, it was eye opening. He was like, "Holy cow! How did you just go from being high <laughs> to being up by by ten? Because I had like a peerless fighter for all you players out there. You know, it's great when it goes off. You know, hard to achieve uh, all the time, but." Man, does it stack? That's a two glory rolling double crits. So my my deck is kind of constructed to 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 use that card to the great effect. But uh, I scored six glory real quick in one dice roll, uh, and then snowballed up to to the ten. So it was a good learning experience for him. So it was really cool. cool to watch that interaction too, just as a TO, because I saw his face. Like I I've, I I see it all the time, right? Where you'll score this and score immediately and then you draw another one and you're like oh well that condition's met so i'll score this one um and it, it was just really cool to watch him be like wait what just happened <laughs> um <laughs> yeah the mayhem so that of that a, game yeah it was a really really cool moment and he and he was like i need to like really dig into these cards a little bit more then so it was just it was nice to see jason like it was an, it was an education moment as well as like this is the the sweeping victory for him for this round right 
Well, yeah. before I move on to Jared, though, I want to I want to talk to you, Jason, real quick. You were the one at the final table. You blew it, but you were there. <laughs> <laughs> talk to me about it. What was that game like? What was that experience like? Yeah, I mean, round two, I go in and play Jared, and we'll get to that when you speak to Jared. Round three, um, went on into play a friend of the show, Jimmy, and once again playing the wonderful Magors. And Jimmy and I play a lot. Um, so unlike Jared's experience, I did play players that I've I play regu- regularly. Um, I knew that his deck was a very difficult matchup for me. Um, some cool things that did happen though. Um, rebound did not go off for him because that would hurt me. Uh, so it was cool. But the first round, uh, you know, we're down to it's the the last activation. He has uh, the dog. Uh, um, Riptooth and I have my dog and uh, yes yeah and I never use a dog but my dog so he's inspired on three dice has a uh, fearless fighter and um, concealed weapon so if I roll a crit I'm hitting for four uh, we're basically going to tie on glory because I have denial and he has denial and so I charge in I need I need this to go off it's going to net me two glory plus my end scoring roll the dice and I crit and take him out. And then we add up all the glory and we were tied 16, 16. And it's the first time I've had a tiebreaker come down to just like annihilating the other faction and having a fighter left on the, the battlefield. And it was very fitting that it was the big puppy against the little puppy and my little puppy that could one, one me that game. So scrappy dude did it. Yeah, it was awesome. So I went, you know, round one, there's a win. Okay. I'm feeling good. We go into round two. I win board placement and go long board. Uh, and then my dice kind of turn on me. So I go for, for a, a shot at the end of round one and fail. Um, and then he comes back and, and stacks some glory, but I'm still in it. And it and even this game comes down to the last turn. And this is where I get very narrow focus. Like I'm looking at my objectives. There's two fiends uh, on his table side, on his board side. I've killed out Riptooth and there's only one fiend on my table side. And if I looked at the whole situation, I was worried about him playing hidden paths and getting in my back line and disrupting my three fighters that were still alive. But if I'd played it a little bit better, I could have um, run in and charged and, and killed the one fiend that was on my side. Uh, and then taken the one that I did end up by charging with and run them to his side of the board on the last activation in the last turn to dot deny him denial and we probably would have still tied and and then the game would have tied out completely because we both had fighters left and no one was on objectives so in the end it's it would be a wash but it was just a misplay by me and it really speaks to godsworn hunt how it's not just about the cards like your objectives and it's not just about rolling dice the movement that you have to be conscious of because you only have those four activations and you're going to lose fighters. Um, you really have to be dialed in on what your plan is and read the whole board, not just what is going on with the choppy chops and the killy kills. Um, and then the last game. So I, I dropped that by three. He beat me by denial. Last game, I'm actually, the last round, I was proud of the way that I went through it. Um, he got up 6 nothing on me and... And really, it was me not ditching my objectives uh, in the the mulligan phase. 
I had, I, I knew I could pull it off, but it was a risk. And because my deck is so glory starved from, it's only got a total of 20 glory if everything goes off and it doesn't always go off. Um, so I was trying to maximize that by holding on to them. So I didn't score anything turn one, went down six, nothing, but I managed to battle back. And once again, it came down to, there was no fighters left on the board for him. Uh, and he, he, uh, he got denial, um, in the last activation and he won by three. So I had caught all the way up. It ended up being 14, 11, um, but denial went off and, and that's what sealed the deal for him. And, and I, I took the, the bridesmaid. So it sounds like it's safe to say that you lost a dog fight. Oh, hey, all right. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you though. I'm glad that you got to have, it sounds like those are the, it's the kind of loss that you can really hang your hat on. You know, it's never fun to, to make it. Well, it's fun to make it that far and no matter what, but it can always sting a little bit to be so close, but it sounds like it was a good competitive game, yeah. but we're all really focused on one major thing. Cause I, I had left at this point, but a little birdie told me that Jared has a little story for us from this tournament because uh, Jared got a little touchy. I, I heard. Yeah, yeah, touchy, touchy's a polite way to get a little it. precious. Uh, yeah. Um, so round one was against um, Jeff from South Carolina, and that was fun and fine. It was far, my far shotters versus his orcs. Um, you know, it's a good matchup for me. I played orcs for forever, so that went about as expected. Um, you know, I took him, you know, I won both games. Um, and then they, we get our pairings for round two, and at table one, it's Jason Murray and Jared Johnson. And I'm like, yes. oh, great. It's Nova all over again. Um, so Jason and I play all the time. Um, he helps me with my deck. I help him with his deck. So there were literally no surprises by any of the maneuvers that happened in any of the games. Um, and, uh, and I like, to be honest, like, I don't even remember the exact series of events. So, Jason, you may have to s step in here. You won round one? Uh, round one, you uh, you took 13-9, and that was the round where I said a very bad word very loudly because, good Lord, Jared, you rolled some crits on defenses. Everything everything was a crit critable defense, as Emma would say. <laughs> yeah. It okay. was amazing. It was yeah. amazing. Yeah. All right. So I took round one, and then you took round two round two yeah so you you had uh, round two i scored 16 you scored 14 and it was a very back and forth game right and that one was typical i don't think anything really like there wasn't anything unexpected there weren't like oh man you rolled a crit and you rolled another crit and you rolled another crit and and so i like i think i feel like the dice were like even on that round yeah. so yeah so okay so my memory is my was, hazy memory was, is too much time at the, at, the, at the at the beer bar yeah, yeah, not enough time, probably. Fearless um, fighter won you that game. Okay, as it does. Um, yeah, now so get me to the juicy bits. I want to yeah. know the juicy bits. So, so we're coming into round three, and it's you pull ahead early, but not by much. Um, and then we're going. I think it, this is going into the second activation. I have an unspent glory. And I'm so frustrated by some bad play on my part in the 
first round of activations that I don't spend that glory to put on an upgrade that I'm going to need to be like that. I just need to put on. I, it was archer's focus, which is let's it's critical for far striders because it's reroll on your shooting attacks. So awakened weapon is a restricted card. Uh, archer's focus is not. So it's an easy reroll. Um, you know, it's an easy, it's an auto include for, you know, anybody that's got ranged, um, you know, more than one or ranged person. Um, but I don't put it on Farstrider. And so then I spend, I think I spent like three activations trying to kill the dog or Olo or Jagathra, one of the two health people. And, and, I, and I keep looking at this stupid archer's focus card in my hand. Cause I do a first activation and I don't get the kill. Um, and then it just snowballs and, and, and I, and I, and I get inside my own head and I'm so focused on the mistakes that I'm making that I'm not looking forward. Um, I'm not thinking about other ways that I can score or even just looking at what's in my hand and the glory that I have and the board placement to be able to play the game well. Um, and it, it's ironic because I often tell my children that they are in charge of their emotions, that they're allowed to experience those emotions, that it's okay to be mad, it's okay to be sad, it's okay to get frustrated, but it's what you do in the midst of that frustration, it's what you do in the midst of that anger that makes the difference. And when you shut down and, or when you scream, you know, for my children, um, you know, I don't, I tend not to do a lot of screaming. Um, it's, it's that reaction to those emotions that makes the difference. And in, this is a, a hundred percent a case where I let the emotions take the wheel and I wasn't focused on just even just playing the game. Uh, I had lost focus of that at that point. So it, it ceased to be fun for me at that point. So what you know, the fifth, what ended up being my fifth round, yeah, I wasn't having fun anymore. And I, you know, was just sitting there in those emotions and not dealing with them appropriately. Um, which is not something that I do often, but it's something that I used to do a lot when I was a kid. And it's, it, it starts to snowball because I feel myself doing it and then I get frustrated that I'm doing it and it just goes on and on and on and on. Um, so, I still don't think that you won that round by much, maybe by eight. Yeah, they, it was seventeen five, so by twelve. Okay. So you have some repressed memories there. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm yeah, I'm totally not surprised that I don't remember the full details, um, just because that the inner, inner self frustration that happened yeah. there. But, you you did a very good job at like stopping and collecting yourself, but at that point, too, it, the game was was over. And I think the lesson that we're trying to get across to our listeners is, it's a dice game. Like things happen, and in order to be very successful, so to even add more context to it, <clears throat> these same decks, like Jared and I play, we probably legitimately have twenty games of these two warbands back and forth at each other. And there have been major swings where this first rider deck has scored 20, 22 glory against my Godsworn hunt. So I think all of that combined and then me jumping out to such a, a large lead because there was one misplay really contributed to this factor. 
but the 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 learning lesson here is one calm down and two he allowed that to dictate the rest of the game and did not give himself a chance to get back into it despite the cards that he had in his hand well and personally i think it is my opinion is we've all been grumpy pusses at the table it's happened like you cannot play games without having a moment at least once in your life where you just down tools take your ball go home i don't want to do this anymore (laughs) uh to me i think the greater lesson here and which is why i think most people play games is for these kind of meta lessons is not really about learning how to play through that or learning how to succeed through that or how to make that not your game it's how you react to that reaction and so jared after you had kind of collected yourself how what was your next move how did you make amends like what 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 was the plan because to me that's where the test of a person is is after finding out that you've been on the wrong side yeah how do you make that good so jared so, hit the bar <laughs> <laughs> yes so a plus plus yeah so so at the event um yeah i think once the game was over uh I was able to settle. And so in my round three, um, I got to play against uh, Chris, who Jason played in round one uh, from South Carolina. And um, and I, I just made the decision right then and right there that I wasn't like whatever happened in that game was what was going to happen. That at that point, like I wasn't playing for top table anymore. Um, you know, I had a decent shot of getting, you know, the, acrylic charge tokens to match my acrylic move tokens that i already had um but but i really made the objective of the next round to have fun and to make sure that my opponent had fun um to celebrate my opponent's successes um there was one time where uh i think uh you know there was a critical piece uh it was either to save magor or to save riptooth um he needed to roll a crit and I was like chanting for him to roll the crit. And then when he <laughs> rolled the crit, like I got just as excited as he did. Because uh, I, I, I went into that game with that, with that in mind to, to celebrate like all of the successes of the game, to celebrate all of the good moments of the game. And that's something that we've talked about as a group before is celebrating one another's successes as much, if not more, than we celebrate our own. And that kind of, those kind of, moments of duress i think can really recalibrate your mind because you you what happens in in those moments when the the game goes against you you like you described you'll start to wallow in that and you start to get upset with that and then once the game is over you kind of step back get some clarity and it kind of for you get a little embarrassed you get a little sheepish at least i do and you remember oh yeah i'm just playing a game and you start to enjoy the game again almost more than the first game like when you first walk in you have so many thoughts going into your head about what you want to achieve on the day what your goals for the day are what you're going to combos you're going to pull off all this stuff and then once you do something stupid and you feel bad about it you stop really worrying about those things and you get back to the fundamentals of just playing a game and having a good time and that's that's i think the great lesson of board games and war games and all of these kind of things is that they can teach you a lot in a short amount of time about yourself and about other people. And 
Uh, that's incredible. And I, I'm sorry that you had to have the first experience, but I'm super excited that it got you to the point that at the end of the day, you were cheering for your opponent and being like, yes, please let me see this super rare thing because that's the experience is watching this rare thing happen, not me getting some acrylic tokens. Yeah. All right. Well, I think uh, we've hit all the things we want to talk about uh, when it comes to this tournament. Is there any burning last things you want to say before I send us out on this particular topic? Any of you go ahead. All right. Good talk. So uh, I want to thank the three of you for chatting with me. Uh, I know that I am sometimes the underworld's hater. But uh, I really enjoyed talking about this with you guys. I enjoyed going to the event. I was at the event for the first round uh, and observed and helped judge the painting competition. It was great. The atmosphere was great. Trace, I think you did a great job uh, getting people there. Uh, I think there was a good crowd, a humble crowd. Everybody was in good spirits. Uh, and it just seemed like a lot of fun. So uh, I want to thank you, Trace, for putting that event on. And then I think we would absolutely have to thank Atomic Empire for hosting us and being such great, generous hosts with the prize package and taking yep. care of everything. Yeah, there, Here, one, yeah. one more shout out to uh, uh, Death Ray Designs who provided us, uh, didn't provide us, we purchased yes. them, but they custom made uh, dice trays. Uh, once again, Death Ray Designs, uh, they worked out great for for the Shadespire uh, game since they're small and and they did custom work, so we have our, our logo on, on the mat to soften the dice from rolling. Uh, and they sound like this. <laughs> so on that note, we'll be back in a couple minutes with an interview with Alan from the Barnyard Brawl, conducted by our favorite precious gamer, Jared. So hey gamers, uh, this is Jared. I uh, have on the phone with me Alan Blakeborough. For those of you that know him, uh, better known as Blake, he's running the Barnyard Brawl convention coming up in April down in South Carolina. Uh, so we thought we'd have him have him on, uh, let you guys know who he is a little bit and um, kind of what the Barnyard Brawl convention is all about and what you can expect, uh, what you can look forward to there. So. Uh, Blake, why don't you just take a, a minute? Um, I'm going to run you through the same questions that we ran through in our episode zero. So, um, so take a minute. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your first memory of playing board games? Uh, my first memory of playing board games would probably be as a kid, uh, you know, in family living room playing either Sorry or Monopoly with people, and then I was one of the first people in the late uh 70s early 80s that got into dungeons and dragons when it first oh came. nice so back in the like real gary gygax days then yep when we had nice. little lead miniatures right yeah i can't get those anymore nope they'll kill you <laughs> yeah nah that's yeah i uh i got my start in dungeons and dragons in second edition so i i i know how to calculate my thaco there you and go. All that, yeah, which is not not something that many people can say anymore. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, that sounds like a good start. So, well, Dungeons and Dragons, um, you know, I feel like for a lot of people that inevitably leads into miniatures wargaming. So, I guess outside of your little lead poison minis for original Dungeons and Dragons, uh, how did you get started into miniatures games? Uh, Warhammer was actually introduced to me by a bunch of my fencing students in oh. Charlotte, North Carolina. 
Okay. So they uh, came to me one day and they were like, hey, Maestro, on one of the weekends when we don't have a fencing tournament, can we use the fencing school to play Warhammer? And I had no idea what Warhammer was. They explained to me it was this like board game, like war thing that you move these miniatures all around. And I was like, oh, okay. And they said it took a lot of room. And, you know, they didn't want to play at home because mom and dad would always yell at them that they were messing things up. So one weekend, you know, they brought some stuff and started with two tables and then two tables became four and four tables became six. And next thing I knew, we had like, you know, 12 people playing in the fencing school on the weekends and they were bringing their friends and the friends were getting introduced in the fencing basically the same time they were coming to play Warhammer at the school. That's that's amazing. So playing with plastic swords and real swords. Correct. <laughs> uh, that's so cool. Um, so was it Warhammer Fantasy or Warhammer 40K? Uh, it was Warhammer 40K and Fantasy. Um, okay. They didn't know. I didn't know how to play either. Um, they decided to teach me how to play. And then I had a coffee shop in Charlotte. And some of the parents were asking me to carry the Warhammer stuff because they didn't want to drive 45 minutes to go up to the Games Workshop store um, and wanted to be able to buy the stuff locally. And that's okay. literally how I got into running gaming stores, getting into Warhammer. So that, that all started from a bunch of teenagers that wanted to use the fencing school to play Warhammer. Uh, that's That's like every teenager's dream every teenager wargamer's dream come true to be able to have like a free space to play whenever they want um and then conning their their maestro into uh actually stocking this stuff so that's pretty yep. cool uh cool so well what are you working on hobby wise now i know um i know i saw you at nova last year um i imagine you've got your um your hands full getting ready for this convention, but are you, are you getting prepped for any other events or any We're getting ready to go to Adepticon? Oh, um, so myself and Michael Walsh, who is one, three of the, uh, barnyard brawls, uh, TJ, who's one of our judges and a gentleman by the name of Eddie, who lives up in the Chicago area. Uh, the four of us are playing in the championship and then we'll be doing the team event on Saturday and Sunday. Oh man, that's awesome. I, Adepticon is definitely on the list to go. Has, oh. so, I, I went three years ago, and I will go every year from here on out. It, it's it's like a trip to Mecca. Yeah. Oh, wait, great. So now now our show is going to be about Nova and Adepticon. Um, <laughs> ah, that's great. Um, so, well, let's get to the meat of it, right? So, um, you know, why we wanted to have you on to give you the chance to, to tell our listeners and, and the people up here in North Carolina and anybody, everywhere else that's, that are listening. Um, you know, tell us about the Barnyard Brawl, um, the convention, the series, you know, what can people expect and, uh, you know, where they need to go for more info uh, and all that, all the good stuff. Okay. Um, the Barnyard Brawl was basically uh to give the people in the southeast the ability to go and have an adepticon nova or an lvo experience without having to make the 13 14 uh or three-day drive like me and my wife did when we went to lvo this year um down here in the south um we started with the brawl this past year to see if there was a market for it by hosting it in the fencing school i had in greenville which could host up to like 80 people um, the response was great. We had over 160 individual 
players show up over the four events that we had over the year. So now we've rented out a Shriners Hall that's got 13,000 square feet. Oh, man. Um, yep. And we're now in my gamers and other systems um, that play the card games, RPGs and stuff. were complaining that I was spending all this time and energy in the Warhammer arena and they wanted equal footing. So now we've turned it into a full blown gaming convention so that, you know, the magic players, the D and D players, Pokemon um, can all come and basically get their geek on at the gaming convention over the three days. Oh, that's so cool. Um, so, so what are the major events, right? The, um, you've got a so the, team tournament. The, we have a team tournament on Friday, which is a three man team, which is mirrors the ATC format. Okay. Then we've got Saturday and Sunday. We have the, uh, grand tournaments for age of Sigmar and 40 K. Uh, the 40 K now has 128 people that will be playing in it. And we use the Nova style, um, bracket system. Okay. So that out of the 128 people, we will have eight champions and those eight champions will all get, you know, awards and gift certificates for their placings. Okay. Um, you know, I love the format that Mike does up at Nova. And, you know, it was like when we were looking for a system to replicate as far as doing that, we picked that one and everyone loved the bracket system. Um, the four times we had it last year for okay. the. Um, and then we have Kill Team. We have Shadespire. Uh, we have a thing called Kids Hammer, which is also, you know, the brainchild of uh, Mike and the guys up at Nova. It's basically for Warhammer players that are 15 years and younger. Okay. So that, that way they kind of feel that, you know, they're, they're able to play amongst their peers, you know, and not playing against, you know, us, us bloodthirsty adults, so to speak. <laughs> well, I, I have... I worked at a games workshop store, probably the one you referenced in Concord Mills. And uh, yep. let me tell you, there were some uh, some bloodthirsty teenagers as well. So, <laughs> but at least they're being bloodthirsty amongst themselves, and you know, you don't have a thirty-five-year-old that goes home crying because he got his uh, rear end handed to him by a thirteen-year-old. Yep. So uh, that's awesome. And so, so Saturday and Sunday, those are the GTs, and you yep. guys are running. Well, uh, what mission packs are you guys running? Are you running GW, we'll be, ITC? We'll be using ITC. Um, okay. We use the ITC format for basically two reasons. One, everybody has all the missions available online so they can practice at home with their friends, um, and there's no surprises. Um, also, the ITC format um, does a real good job as far as any ambiguous questions with the rules. Um, they have a ITC organizers group, basically anything that comes up that sometimes might be a little unclear in the games workshop rule set or isn't addressed in an FAQ. Um, they're real good at ITC as far as saying, okay, this is what we're going to make as a ruling. Um, and if it winds up being different in an FAQ later on, they make the adjustments, but just like with Adepticon, they just made an announcement tonight of how they're handling the gene stealer cult. Um, item as far as uh, it comes from below and whether or not you can use it on the first turn. Oh. Uh, they've made a they've made an executive decision at Adepticon is you have to wait until turn two. Okay, well that's good to know. I I actually had not read that announcement yet, so that is news to me. Gotcha. It'll be old, it'll be old hat by the time this airs. So <laughs> everybody and their brother or their brood brother, there you go, will know about it. Um, and that's cool. Um, so where do people go for more information? 
Uh, to get more information or register, you just go to barnyardbrawl.com. Um, okay. have all the information on there. If they want to call or talk to anybody, they can call the store, which is the redbarnsc.com. Okay. Um, that's the one hosting it. And uh, and then basically go from there. We at last count, we have about 47 slots left out of the 128 for 40K, and we have about 30 spots left out of the 64 for Age of Sigma. Okay, and it's in Greenville, South Carolina, and it's the last weekend in April. It is in the last weekend of April. And one of the things that the brawl has been known for, I found out when we went to LVO, is we give out more prize support than any other gaming event for 40K in the world. Oh. So last last year, we gave, ba- we gave back $12,000 in prize support. Well, that's intense. Oh man, I have a work thing that Saturday. Maybe I'll call in sick. Get my oh, piece of that pie. And then um, also, we'd like to make a note uh, that Mike Welch, who is a gamer up in Raleigh, who's come on some hard times health wise, uh, we are auctioning off the winning LVO type army um, at the brawl. Oh. Uh, so it's about a $900 army before the paint job. Um, okay. We've had a bunch of the painters who have volunteered to uh, paint the army, uh, and you can buy a raffle ticket. And you know, for with one raffle ticket, you could win a nine hundred dollar painted army. All of the proceeds um, go to uh, Mr. Welsh's uh, family um, okay. for their hard time that they're going through, and uh, all the stuff has either been donated to the store or the guys that are painting the army. So oh, that's uh, that's really cool. Um, you know, I I think. As I have grown as a gamer, I, I see the generosity of gamers uh, just continuing to grow. Um, and it, it's, it's always really cool to see people giving back to the community, you know, whether it's, you know, an individual saying, oh, I got this box of Space Marines that you can have or, or you know, doing something um, like what you guys are doing where you're kind of really rallying around a cause, um, you know, what Mike does. Uh, what Mike and the, the whole Nova Open Foundation do up in Nova. Um, so that's yeah, really they, cool. Yeah, they raised over $84,000 last year for breast cancer awareness. That is uh, just... Yeah. That's, yeah, that's really cool. So, um, well, if somebody wants more information about how to help uh, Mr. Welsh and his family, um, where do they go? Uh, we have uh, information on the Brawl site. Um, okay. There's also a GoFundMe uh, as well. If you join the Barnyard Brawl Facebook group, um, there's a link on there for the GoFundMe as well as the raffle. So. Okay, cool. Um, well, yeah, well, we'll definitely track that link down and we'll put it in the show notes as well. So we'll get, you know, links to the, to the brawl itself, to the Red Barn, and then to the, to the GoFundMe for sure. Um, oh, that's awesome. Well, uh, so any, uh, any, any closing remarks, any, any last minute, maybe secret tidbits you want to give out? Uh, well, I, I would pay uh, attention to a lot of the people that are going to be fielding a lot of death watch now in their armies with guard. I think you're going to be seeing a lot of knights go by the wayside and you're going to see a whole lot of, uh, death watch with, uh, with guard now. So, okay. Yeah. Are you, are you, are you alluding to the storm bolter storm shield? Veteran combination is, it is, it is just insane <laughs> yeah uh well so uh blake if you don't mind yeah um 
thanks for your time. And uh, I know that we're, we're going to try to get down there. Um, I know Jason and Trace for sure uh, are really fishing to get down there, at least on Sunday, if not for a little longer. Um, and then I, I've got the work thing on Saturday, but I'm going to try and scoot down. Um, but if I don't see you at the Barnyard Brawl, uh, will I see you at Nova? You will see me at Nova. Uh, awesome. Um, and then maybe we can catch up again in between just to that check on great. how things went and where you are. Um, All so right. thanks awesome. for having me. I, I appreciate reaching out to your audience and giving uh, the time to talk about the brawl. Yeah. All right. Well, have a good one. You too. All right. Thanks. And we're back. Uh, man, it was really cool to talk to Alan, um, to learn a little bit more about kind of who he is as a gamer and, you know, everything that he's got coming up for the Barnyard Brawl. Cool dude. Um, yeah. So you guys be sure to check that out. Um, we'll put links, um, to his event and then the, the GoFundMe that they've got set up, um, you know, as kind of part of the charity's work that they're doing, um, for that, we'll put those links in the show notes. Um, so uh, to all of our listeners, I just want to say thanks for, you know, sticking on on this journey with us. And, um, you know, um, we appreciate the opportunity to really kind of dig in and share, you know, the the things that are going on, whether that's, you know, trying to balance um, our hobby with our, our marriage and our and our family or, you know, taking those the lessons that we learn from our games to heart. Um, you know, it's those little little precious moments of learning, um, precious moments of, of growth. Um, I think they really make the difference that make, uh, you know, the hobby that much more worthwhile. Um, so love your family, love your hobby. Yeah. Preferably in that order, but mm-hmm. always in that order to each their own, I suppose. Um, yeah. So, uh, so this is episode three. Um, you know, if you like what you hear, um, be sure to to leave us a review on Facebook and iTunes. It's probably the best way to get our content out, other than word of mouth. Um, if you don't like what we're doing, um, then tell us why. So yeah, fix it. Yeah, let us know. Send us a message. Hit us up. Um, we're on Discord most nights. We have a Discord server set up, so you can find a link to that um, on our either the website or on the Facebook page. Um, so come hang out with us while we hobby. Um, I'm on there probably two or three nights a week hobbying at least um and uh yeah uh for all of you headed out to adepticon in a couple of weeks best of luck um and i think we're going to try to at least get some of us to the barnyard brawl so uh, we hope to see you there but uh, for sure you know as the podcast says you know we'll be at nova so um yeah we'll uh we'll sign out here so that'll wrap up your session with three dads and all your base are belong to us (laughs) (laughs) uh no i don't like it (laughs) this is jared signing out this is danny i'll send you guys an invoice for the therapy session later peace this is trace gonna go paint some black legion yeah you are and i'm jason table new murray i'm gonna go climb back into the doghouse
The Battle Mallet podcast is protected under the Creative Commons license. If you have further questions as to its use, you can find more information via links on podcast.battle-mallet.com. This episode of the Battle Mallet podcast was produced by me, Jared Johnson. Music by Anno Domini Beats. Jared, you have to pause it. I have to go pee so I don't pee my pants. (laughs) (laughs) It was awesome. (laughs) You will pee and you will pee now.